Real quick, my friends, if you want to make more money with less marketing of your books, then go to my website, zbooks.co, and download my free niche finder tool at the top of the page. It's called free niche finder tool. And when you download that tool, you're going to get a bunch of emails from me that show you exactly what to do and video tutorials, and you're going to make more money by optimizing your books. I've helped a lot of people with this tool already. So go to zbooks.co and get the free niche finder tool. All right, back to that podcast. Everybody, whether you're the president of a company or the paperboy, everybody has the exact same amount of time. You and I both have 24 hours a day. No more, no less. The question is, what do you do with your time? Welcome to ZBooks Successful Authors Podcast. And last week, we had the James Bond of independent publishing. This week, we have the master of Amazon ads. And if you like guinea pigs as much as you like the book business, then please help me welcome Brian Meeks. Hi, Brian. How are you doing? I am doing wonderfully today. It's good to be here. This is exciting. How are you? Uh, I am broiling in Hamburg, Germany. Uh, we have a real summer going on, and uh, it's, it's like 80 degrees here, which is magnificent. So uh, you're in Las Vegas. Uh, it's, how's I it? am. I think it's uh, supposed to get to 112 today. Woo! But like people always say, it's a dry heat. I don't, I don't mind 112 with, without the humidity. I'm from yeah. Iowa, and 90 degrees <laughs> with 80% humidity is unbearable, whereas 112... Is it so bad? And you know what? I live on the strip. Everything here is air conditioned. So <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not so bad. That's the West Coast. It, well, okay, not exactly the coast, but um, uh, it's a pretty dry heat out there. And so the 80 degrees in Germany is kind of like 100 over there. So the I'm people sure. are dropping like flies here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, man, when I saw your book, Mastering Amazon Ads, I must admit, at first, I was jealous. I said, I wanted to write that book, damn it. And then I got it right away. And I said, oh, boy, man, I'm so glad you wrote it. And uh, <laughs> because you're much more capable, much more, you did much more homework. And the awesome book, uh, I, I bought it immediately. And, uh, but, but before we get into a deep dive, because I really love sure. to do that, let's do just a tad bit of background. So uh, how many books do you have and what genres do you write in? Well, that, very good. I have written uh, 13 novels mm -hmm. and they are across mystery was my first, then I did a thriller, then I did a young adult, then mm -hmm. some science fiction and satire. So I sort of write across five genres. I jump between them because it makes, I think I do a better job of telling a story by getting out of my comfort zone. So that's a conscious decision I make to not just write mysteries. I believe I'd make more money if I just focused on one, but I feel like the quality of the writing's better because it keeps my interest peaked. And then also, of course, the, the books that, I've written, I've written three books with co-author Honoré Quarter, 
about finding readers and methodology with regards to how to write effectively, using your time, time management, things of that nature. And then, of course, the Mastering Amazon Ads book. So I've got four nonfiction there. And then I wrote a nonfiction book about the University of Iowa men's basketball team from 1987, which <laughs> I don't do much with. But it's, for me, honestly, I like the diversity of projects. It keeps it fresh, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because um, I read somewhere... I don't remember where it's like, oh, do you do genre hopping? Oh, I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, no, I, I, and, and there's, there is an absolutely valid reason not to genre hop because yeah. I, I am not, I'm a fair writer. Mm -hmm. I, I, my, my best book is the Mastering Amazon Ads as far as reviews go. Mm -hmm. The other books are 4.1 to 4.3 average on reviews. They're competent. They're not over-the-top, wonderful. I have a good friend who's a thriller writer who his books consistently are 4.6 to 4.8. And he, he's written over 20 books in that genre. And wow. he's continued to improve. So the people that say you'll be a better writer by sticking to one thing and working on that are probably right. Hmm. But I'm making this decision based on knowing how I am getting bored with things. Yeah. For, for me, it's better. But again, I, I think that's pretty solid advice for a lot of authors is trying to, you know, focus yeah. on one thing and, and do it really well. Yeah. How long have you been writing? I started January 2nd, 2010. I, I wrote a oh. blog post. I hated writing at that point. <laughs> and the blog post just, I just did it because I was bored. I was waiting for a football game to start. And the blog post did really well. And people told me they liked my writing. So I started blogging. And my first seven novels were all written as blog posts. Interesting. A chapter at a time whenever I felt like it. And then eventually I would get to the end of a book and I'd start another one. And what was the name of that blog? That's kind of like um, the Andy Wire story. He published his whole book yeah, on his he's, blog he's, first. He's a better writer than me. Um, yeah. the, uh, I, I love The Martian. Yeah, uh, my, the Henrywood Detective series. Those four books were all written as blog posts. Huh. That that's how I got my beginning. And mm -hmm. then the thriller, A Touch to Die For, the young adult, Secret Doors, and the last one that I wrote as blog post was Underwood Scotch and Ride, the satire. And oh, so yeah. those those were my. And again, I had readers. I got feedback. Sometimes the story would change direction because somebody would make a suggestion and I would like it. So cool. it, was, it was a way to get into doing something that ended up changing my life. I, I had no idea I even wanted to be a writer. It just happened. Interesting. So were you able to, you know, move those readers from your blog to buyers and Amazon? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a good model. But did you get the SEO going on your blog or was it Oh no, no, my blog, my blog's extremely average. It's still up. I don't, I don't, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I think it may have been hacked. It may, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't, I haven't done anything with it since April 26th of 2016. It was, it was just a case where it was a woodworking blog. I mostly wrote about woodworking when I didn't have anything to do about woodworking. I would then write chapters in the Henry Wood. Yeah. Wood. He was the detective, detective series. <laughs> And just add them in 
as something different for the blog. It wasn't mm -hmm. until I had really finished the fourth Henry Wood book in the series that the blog completely shifted to just writing novels. Mm -hmm. And eventually, uh, the, the thing about the blog that was good for me is that I wrote every day from January 2nd, 2010 through March 26th, 2016. Wow. I didn't miss a day. And it was because of that that I developed the confidence to write. Because when I started, I couldn't imagine writing a 50,000-word book. Yeah. But I could always write a 1,000 words. I right. could sit down at any time of the day and bang out a 1,000 words. And so I just worried about doing that, and eventually the book would end. Now mm -hmm. I've done it a lot. I've written a lot of books. Yeah. And so thinking about, okay, I'm going to write this book, and it's going to be this length and have these components isn't intimidating anymore. But at the time, it was keeping that streak alive that mm -hmm. helped yeah. motivate Interesting. So kind of dovetails within what, what I'm always talking to my beginning authors and students about, about validating your books. Kind of one way is to, to start a blog. And if you get feedback and resonance, yes. then go with that idea. So you, yeah. It, so is this, do you validate? Is this your validation method or have you heard of that oh, before? I, I've never needed validation. Okay. I, I, in my entire life, I've not doubted myself once. Yeah. No, I mean talking about um, a book topic, like testing it first on a blog, and then if it resonates, oh, then you go with that book. That's a great idea. I, I don't do that. I, I write about what I want to write about. Yeah. The, the thing is, my strength, my skill set is analytics, right. data and analysis, which as you know from the book, right. I believe I can sell absolutely anything i know that I, I know that i write at a comp at a, at a, i would say i'm an above average writer i'm not i'm not the martian you know I, i'm not right I, i'm there, there are many writers who frankly just tell stories better than me but right. i write well enough my fan base likes it i am a good enough writer that if i write a book my skill in marketing and analytics is enough that I can sell it. So I don't need to validate it. I can pick any subject, wow. write it well, and sell it because that's my skill set is the selling. Wow. Yeah, so I take a different approach because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a spaghetti at the wall thrower and I'm much more accurate at now, so I don't waste mm -hmm. as much time. But I will do, you know, I'll, I will do book covers and blog posts to see if I'm getting it right. And then if I get, for example, enough subscribers, then I'll say, okay, then I will go with that book, you know, so. Well, that, that's, that's certainly a reasonable approach. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, well, it, it, yeah, trying to not waste time, you know, if you can't build an audience for it, then don't make it or you're writing something wrong, you know, because yeah. I'm not that much of a writer either. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so besides Amazon ads, what's your number one marketing method or channel? Oh, besides Amazon, maybe I mean, your blog. I, I, well, no, I don't do anything with the blog anymore. Oh yeah, I, I would. I would. Uh, there isn't really a number two. I. I wow. mean, I. Yeah, I, I, there are things that I am. I am constantly doing research, mm -hmm. whether it's Facebook ads, BookBub ads, but all of the stuff that I'm doing in those arenas are are not done to necessarily sell books as much as to gather data. 
Uh-huh. So there's, there's two ways that I approach advertising. One is I just want to sell my books. Right. Honestly, since last July, when I launched Mastering Amazon Ads, I've care, cared very little about selling my books. I'm interested in research to learn new things that will help the masses sell their books. One of mm-hmm. the most uh, pertinent examples is the research I've done on copywriting and descriptions. Most people's books convert at one in 30, assuming they're exclusive to Amazon, they're getting KU subscribers to download their books and they're getting sales. It takes about 30 people to come to their description to get a sale or a download. Right. Typically with proper copywriting, my descriptions will be between one in eight and one in 10. And you don't need a master's in mathematics to know if you're paying 25 cents a click <laughs> and yeah. you're, you're spending 30 of them, that's $7 and 50 cents versus eight of them is $2 and $2 is less. You just touched on something that's really wonderful about your Facebook group. And I must say yours is one of the most engaged and I really like your group and you answer all the questions. But one of my biggest takeaways from your book is the, what you just said, the one in 10, the one in 12, the one in 30. And yes. uh, somebody posted a question today. When, when do you stop your ad at how many impressions? And I told them I stop it at how many clicks without a sale, right? Because now, since I read your book, I want to know the conversion rate. How much is my book doing one in nine? One in 30, if it's one in 30, then I'm going to go back and do some work. So, well, uh, this, this, <clears throat> unfortunately, you're, you're a little off track. Okay, and go ahead. I'm sorry if that, that has, if your methodology has been developed through my book, the, the stopping, there's several problems with stopping an ad because it doesn't have a sale. Yeah. The first one is, 55 to 60% of our conversions mm-hmm. are KU downloads. Hmm. Okay, so over half of the conversions are not sales. The uh-huh. AMS report only shows sales. Secondly, it can be delayed up to two weeks before it shows the sales. Third, yep. it does not come close to capturing all the sales that happen from that ad. So right. you look at an ad with 100 clicks and one sale, how many KU downloads did it get? You don't know. Mm-hmm. How many sales did it get that aren't going to report for two more weeks? And lastly, how many sales did it get that will never mm-hmm. report? You're making decisions okay. with, yeah. with most of the data missing. So that's, mm-hmm. that's not what you should be looking at. Instead, you should be looking at the if you're tracking all of your ads and all of your clicks and comparing it to your conversions from KDP, you can get a much better idea of how well your description converts over a Hmm. longer period. If you look at 60 days worth of data, maybe 90 days worth of data, the description, the ad itself Mm -hmm. doesn't, that's not what converts. You have to understand the human mind is such that by the time the person who read your ad, saw your cover, and clicked on it, and then finishes with your description, very few people, maybe one in 500, would be able to quote back what the ad said. They've already forgotten the ad. Yep, yep. And so (laughs) 
So, so, so worrying about how individual ads are performing isn't as important as looking at what you're paying per click. Does that make sense? Yes, and you, well, man, man, you, you touched on like 20 different things, so I'm going to try to remember the one. So, Absolutely. Uh, uh, perfect, I guess I'm the perfect example as a beginner or somebody with intermediate syndrome who thinks he's intermediate because what you see first is your ACOS and your clicks and your conversion yeah, rate per sale. Ever, right? Anybody listening to this, yeah. don't ever look at ACOS. If you look at uh -huh. ACOS, right. I've done the research. Your children will stop loving you. You're going to get <laughs> fat. You're going to gain about 30 pounds. And ultimately, you'll be giving your soul to the devil because it is, I wish it wasn't on there. Almost oh. everyone, and, and when I say almost everyone, I mean even people in my group, they just don't listen. Yeah, I'm ads, doing it too. I have ads right now that their ACOS is between 200 and 1,000%. <laughs> That's terrible. But it's not, and that's yeah, the thing is, is that yeah. I, I don't, I don't look at that. I don't care, yeah. and and you know, and so it's I'm about mm -hmm. improving the bottom line, and we mm -hmm. need to watch what we're paying per click and how those clicks are converting. Okay, so how about this? So now that I'm, you know, I thought I understood it, but now the master is guiding me. How about Maybe. this? When you're looking at, um, see, because I have books in KU and not in KU. And, okay, and, you, you have to understand that if it's not in KU, yeah. you can't expect the same conversion rate. So right. one that's not in KU might convert at 1 in 20. One that's in, in KU, in KU might convert at 1 in 10. Okay, so how about this? You start an ad and you look, uh, let's say, okay, my old way was when it, 30 clicks, thousands of impressions and no sales. How about then we pause it and then oh, okay, we look – at the rest of the data. Okay, first off, here's another problem that people have, and it's mm -hmm. understanding the concept of statistical variance. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, because yeah. here's the problem. Yeah. Many, many people out there, and I mean many thousands of authors who run ads, and this applies to whether they're doing what you just said or they're trying to analyze their keywords. Yeah. They're, they're doing analysis on statistically insignificant amounts of data. When you're talking about mm -hmm. 30 clicks on yep. something that converts at one in 30, yep. you need 2,000 clicks right. if all of the other things weren't a problem that I just mentioned. And mm -hmm. so when it comes to keywords, there are people making decisions exactly the way you just described yep. on their keywords with 30 or 40 clicks. They need a thousand clicks, two thousand clicks, and you know what? I've been doing this a long time. I've never had a single keyword that has had enough clicks to analyze it. I don't analyze my keywords at all because, mm -hmm. well, you can make it. You can just because you can do math and make decisions. Yeah, it doesn't mean that you're actually doing anything other than guessing. I gave an example recently mm -hmm. to somebody who just was having a hard time grasping this. I like sports. Baseball is a wonderful game. I'm fascinated by it at all levels, minor league, major league. Imagine you're at a triple-A ballpark. You've got your popcorn. It's the seventh inning, and a new rookie comes in to pitch. They bring mm -hmm. him in from the bullpen. bullpen. It's his first ever professional appearance. Mm -hmm. Triple-A ball. Well, first ever would probably be double-A, but I digress. 
First okay. ever, he takes the mound, started the seventh inning. First batter strikes him out in three pitches. The mm-hmm. next batter gets under the first pitch, pops it up to the catcher. Mm-hmm. The third batter, he throws a ball. Then on the next pitch, he hits a weak grounder to the third baseman, and he's out of the inning. At that point, would you offer him a $100 million contract to pitch in the bid? <laughs> no. That's what you're doing with mm. your analysis. Right. That's, so, my, that, that's my point. Is if, yeah. you're, if you're turning things off without knowing anything about them, you're, yeah. you're guessing. And I, I try to teach people not to do that. So you, yeah, excellent. Because you, you just, you hit right. The next question on my list was, okay, so do you have a, a rule of thumb that us authors can use for statistical significance, you know, specifically with our Amazon ads? That, you know what, the, 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 discussion, <laughs> the discussion about the math behind statistical significance is a lengthy one. And honestly, I think most people's brains would explode. The mm-hmm. issue is it depends when you're calculating it, it, it depends on a lot of variables because yeah. statistical significance for a description that converts at one in 10 is not the same as one in 12 or one in 30. Right. A perfect example well, I, this is a little off topic, but just to give people a concept of how statistical variance can be mm-hmm. skewed one way or the other. I had an ad that had only five clicks on it. It didn't mm-hmm. run much, but it had only five clicks, and then it never did anything else, and it got five sales. Now, mm-hmm. the ACOS mm-hmm. is not accurate, but it never overreports. So. It said there were five sales. That's the most it could possibly say. You can't have six sales on five clicks. Well, I guess in theory, someone hmm. can buy multiple copies. But generally with a Kindle book, you can't have six sales. Right. And so I knew that it went five for five. I also knew that the description that it went five for five on converted at one in 30. Hmm. So now everybody's familiar with flipping a coin. If you flip a coin twice, yeah. you're automatically going to have one heads and one tails. No, yeah. it could have two heads the mm-hmm. odds of flipping it three times and having three heads are 12.5 percent mm-hmm. the variance on a a one in a 50 50 proposition is different than the variance on a a one in 30 proposition against so mm-hmm. i know that 29 out of 30 times people looking at my description are going to decline because i had the data on this particular ad five people in a row chose to make a purchase. The odds against that happening, going five for five on a one in 30 chance are 2.5 million to one against. (laughs) The point being that if somebody saw that ad Mm -hmm. and they said, oh my God, I have found the the fountain of wealth. They haven't. All they found is statistical variance. And it can go the other way. You can have an ad that, or not an ad, but a description that converts in one in 10, it can still go zero for 50, zero for a hundred. Hmm. The odds of it going yeah. zero for a hundred are vastly less than a one in 30 going five for five. Yeah. You posted a really good graphic in the group showing that, um, yeah, the conversion rate over time. Maybe I'll, I'll put that in the blog post later with this podcast. Go. And uh, kind of reminds me of the law of large numbers also. And, yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. That's a great example. 
yeah. So, okay, but okay, so I understand, but I'm not, I'm still not applying it, right, as you have seen. So I think I speak for a lot of beginning authors. Uh, so how do you know when to stop an ad? Because, you know, when you, when you start and you just say, just let it keep going for so many clicks, that's a lot of money. And for a beginner, they're just going to, well, you know. <laughs> well, the, the thing that you, at some point, you need to understand, you need to understand what your conversion rate is for your book. Right. Because ultimately, that's where you begin. And I would suggest all beginning authors you know, get the clicks on an ad to where they get, and it doesn't have to be on a single ad. It can yeah. be over 20 ads where you accumulate a thousand clicks. Mm -hmm. You're going to have a pretty good idea of what your description conversion rate is, mm -hmm. but keep this in mind. And this is where people don't, that first off, they forget that conversions is not, conversions are not just sales. Mm -hmm. you, you can't just, take the number of clicks and divide it by the number of sales if you're in KU mm -hmm. because yep. over half of the conversions. The other thing is, imagine you've got a thousand clicks and mm -hmm. then say you stop your ads for two weeks. Yeah. The page reads that are coming in are not because of new clicks. Those are because of the people that came in during the month that you were getting your thousand clicks. Mm -hmm. And so you need to then take the entire range of page reads, maybe over 45 days, Mm -hmm. Total that number up, divided by the KENPC number, which is the number of pages a, an author gets credited for if a reader reads the entire book. And once you've taken that number and divided it by the KENPC number, the, the, the page read number, into the, and then the KENPC number, then you've got the answer to how many people roughly mm -hmm. downloaded your book. Okay. The thing, the thing is, and this is, this is a key element, the longer time period you have, the more accurate that number is. But right. we will never know exactly how many because there could be 10 people that downloaded the book and only made it to chapter two. And those people yeah. will really show up as just one person, if that makes yeah. sense. And so when you've got all that, you've got that number, you know, my con description converts at this. The mm -hmm. next thing is you do the math on your read through. Mm -hmm. So description conversions first, read through right. a second, because you need to know if you have four books and you know that you you make you get four ninety nine for the first book, you mm -hmm. so you get three dollars and forty five cents when they buy right out of the gate. You mm -hmm. also know how much you make if they read all the way through the first book. And then fifty percent of the people that read the first book read the second book and ninety percent of those people read the third and the fourth book. Right. You can go through on an Excel sheet and calculate the value yep. of a person coming into the funnel. And if you know that value is, say, $6.09, mm -hmm. then, then you can divide that by your, your conversion rate. So let's say it's 1 in 10. Well, if it's $6.09, then yep. that means you can pay up to 60 Point nine cents per click, and so you're so you've got a target. So right, right. Again, that, that's a lot of math there. Some people don't like math, <laughs> but it, it is it, it's not really horribly complex math. Once mm. you get that number, yeah, then then you can watch your ads and say, okay, I know that I can pay up to sixty cents. You don't want to go straight to sixty cents. Yeah, the beginner should start at really low bids because. 
if you jump from, say, you try 10 cents and it doesn't do anything, mm -hmm. then people will jump to 30 cents and it will work. But they never go back and try. Maybe they could have gotten the same amount of impressions of 20 cents and they're spending an extra 10 cents per click that has no value. So it's important for beginners to know these baseline mm -hmm. rate and the value of your series. It's also important to understand you need to start slowly and inch your way up by a couple cents a bid yeah. with each new ad. And one more point, don't edit your ads. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. That's that people, they say, okay, the ad didn't work, so I'm just going to raise the bid. Here's yeah. the problem. If you had the ad at, say, 15 cents and you raised it to 20 cents and three days later it turns on, did it turn on because you raised the bid? That's what people are going to assume. Yeah. Product display yeah. interest ads take two to six weeks to turn on. Mm -hmm. So it may have just been that three days passed yeah. and you would have gotten it at 15 cents. Yeah, you ruin your statistics. Huh? You, you ruin your numbers. And there, there's a lot of people that I've worked with who one woman in particular was, I mean, she has a lot of books. She makes a lot of money. But over the span of only about four weeks, we were able to reduce the amount she was paying per click by mm -hmm. 24 cents. Wow. She Through the description over, or how? No, because she was overbidding. Ah, it, it was, mm. she was just wasting money. Yep. And so, and yep. so we, we just, we bid less and it didn't impact her impressions. She just jumped <laughs> to a really big number. And because yep. she has a lot of books mm. and she had good read through, she can pay anything for a bid and yeah. still make money. But she never tried to, yep. to get the same amount of clicks by mm -hmm. bidding less. So just to recap the last, couple of things you said because they were really uh, good and deep. So uh, basically, you figure out, I think it's called customer lifetime value, the read-through. Yes, that's exactly it. And yes. then you can work backwards from that to figure out your target conversion rate, uh, how much you can spend per click. Yes. Okay. So let's go through this, uh, the, the process again from the beginning because I, I think I skipped ahead. So That's okay. You, you start your ad or ads. I, I'm a big yeah, ads, uh, fan of absolutely. starting, yeah, and A-B testing and stuff. And, um, and then you let them run and then you, well, that's my, you wait for the statistical significant point yes. or, or you're calculating your customer lifetime value as they're running or? Well, mo most authors, so imagine you've got a listener that right now, has not tried AMS ads. Right. They can calculate their read-through based yeah. on their historical data today because say they've been an yeah. author for a year. So right. that number they should be able to get before they run their first ad. Mm -hmm. Then they'll have to run the ads and have to get enough yeah. clicks to, to figure out how the description is converting. Yeah. And once they have those two pieces, then they can move forward. But th this is a long process. Yeah. The, the result, though, is that you can greatly improve how well you're doing. And, in fact, uh, another author, I know his sales have quadrupled in the last mm -hmm. um, oh, seven months. 
Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I mean, and, and wow. he was, you know, he was doing 4,000 a month mm-hmm. and you know, now he's doing 16 and nice. it nice. took, it took a lot of work and effort to, to do this stuff because not only do you figure out the description conversion rate, then you try to improve your description with better copywriting. Is your description a synopsis of the book? Well, if it mm-hmm. is, that's bad. You don't want to tell people right. what is going to be in the book. You want to hint at what mm-hmm. might be in the book. That's what I like about your book. It's kind of like two in one. There's a lot of copywriting in there. And um, uh, I think you say that very much in, in the beginning of the book. Look, your description and copywriting are so important. Yeah. And and um, so, yeah, I really, I really think you get a lot for your money with your book. You get a copywriting book and an Amazon ads book. It's really cool. <laughs> well, I'm actually working on a, a book specific for Amazon ads. I don't know when it's going to be done. I, I've got several projects. I don't know if you noticed in the group, but I'm redesigning the AMS tool that I yep. give away there. And yep. I've spent the last three days, I spent 16, mm-hmm. 11, and 10 hours on that. Mm-hmm. over the last three days and, I, and after this conversation that's where i'll go back to so nice. they're, they're, you know mastering amazon descriptions is something yeah. i want to write i'm just not done with it yet awesome oh well, well let me know but um, get back to the um because like, like said the deep dive uh i did not calculate my read through before doing Amazon ads. And you know what? I still haven't calculated my read through. So, but let me, let me uh, back up a bit. I'm, I'm mostly in the children books uh, genre and my print books sell much better than my eBooks. And uh, so I guess, and, and a lot of them are not in KU. So I guess then it's, that's one variable. So the, the, the calculation should be simpler, right? Yes. No, it would be. Yes. Because you're, you're taking out the, the page read component. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm just trying, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get the CLV out of the books that, uh, because quite frankly, I think my read through is terrible <laughs> if I do go calculate it. Okay. So, well, that, okay. That, that, that may be an issue with back matter. That's something that mm-hmm. I talked about in my course. I yeah. did, I did a bunch of research on back matter and 100% of the, well, there's people in my course, so not everyone, but right. there are millions of authors doing back mm-hmm. matter the same way, and they're all doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah. So how do you do it? I do it like, um, go read my next book. Here's a link. And then I usually use a bit.ly link or a UTM link. Or I say, hey, look at all of my cool books on my website or my author page, you know, at, at the back of the book. I'm not talking about the back flap. I'm talking at the end of the book. Yeah. And that's what everybody does. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's not right. But I'm not, I'm not going to give that away on the podcast. That's, <laughs> that, that's exclusive stuff for the people that spent okay. the, the money for the course. Okay, you can, uh, we can talk about that at the end of the podcast. And maybe you can uh, tell us a link to the, the, the sales page or whatever where your course is. Okay, well, I mean, I, I'm not here to try to sell my course. It, no, no, no. It, it's, you know, I can certainly, why don't I give that to you offline and you can put it in the show notes or something if people are interested. Exactly, uh, exactly. Uh, if not, we don't need to dwell on it. I, I, my no. point was just that the stuff that we're talking about, mm-hmm. my focus is always on trying to understand how I can do things better. The copywriting 
is a huge component because mm -hmm. if you get good at copywriting for mm -hmm. your description, it means your newsletters, you, you, you use copywriting to do those better. Yep. When you're interacting with people on Facebook, write like a copywriter. If you notice mm -hmm. on my posts in the yep. group, I use yep. copywriting to answer everybody. It's short, punchy stuff. I use hooks, I use open loops, and mm -hmm. I can write a post. I've, I've written several posts in the mm -hmm. 20 books to 50K group mm -hmm. that were 500 to 700 words long. And, <laughs> and these posts get between 550 and 750 likes, 100 comments, and they're massive posts. Mostly the really long posts when they're done as a giant block of text mm -hmm. or huge paragraphs. Yeah they, yeah, they may get less than 100, but the copywriting mm. keeps the reader engaged. It mm. gets them to the end of it, which is what you're trying to do on your description. Does that yeah, make sense? I, yeah, oh yeah, I think I saw that in, in the Facebook group, or maybe it was your book. Uh, mm -hmm. And um, so that's interesting. That's part of the author talent stack. It's mandatory, right? Yes. You learned... You learned an yeah. analytics first, and then you got copywriting. You, you learned it yourself or from your blog? I or there, No, I, I went out. I went to Sean Platt from the self-publishing podcast. He's a buddy of mine, and before he was an author, he was a world-class copywriter. He did uh -huh. that for a living and was, well, still is a, a, an amazing copywriter. Mm -hmm. and because I knew that, and I dreaded doing descriptions. I now love them. But at the time, I hated writing descriptions more than anything. Mm -hmm. And so I just sent him an email. I said, hey, Sean, I've decided I need to learn copywriting mm -hmm. if for no other reasons, reason but to get over my fear of writing descriptions. So he sent me a link to a book. It's called Ad Week. And then it, ironically, it's got the worst subtitle in history. It's bad <laughs> copywriting for the title of the book. But it's called Ad Week, and it's by a guy named Joseph Sugarman. Oh, I've it, heard of him, yeah. It is an amazing book. It's all about print advertising, mostly from the 60s and 70s, selling watches, selling you know, like a digital watch, which, which was a, a crazy new technology. So it's the, the ads themselves are dated, yeah. but the copywriting philosophy is just as valid today. And so that yeah. I dug through that, and that was where I got my start. Now I'm obsessed with copywriting, and, and like cool. I said, I do research and stuff. Do you have a, a formula like the PAS or the AIDA, uh, the uh, problem, agitation, solution? And I, I don't remember what AIDA was. but I, I, I Sort of, in uh -huh. that I believe the opening line of a description shouldn't be more than six words. Should, should not be. Should not be. It needs uh -huh. to be a hook. It needs to be short enough that if you're looking at the center of that first line, Mm -hmm. You can read the entire line as if it were one word because we don't have attention spans that can be bothered with reading <laughs> long descriptions. Yeah. If a person opens up your description and they see giant blocks of text, yep. because this is how they all do it. Yep. They see an ad, they click, they come to the description, they skip, their eyes go from the top down to the read more link. They click mm -hmm. on the read more because there's very little above the fold and that's good. Mm -hmm. it opens up and their eyes scan from top to bottom. Yeah. If they see, you know, war and peace, they're not mm -hmm. going to read it. If they see giant blocks of text, right. they're not going to read your description. Mm -hmm. If they see an opening hook, she mm -hmm. couldn't believe her bad luck or she couldn't believe her luck. 
five mm-hmm. words. Would it get her killed? Question mark. Right. Would it get her killed? Five words. That's the next line. There's a blank line between it. I don't yeah. know what the third line is. I'm making this up as I go. But the point is yeah. they, they see those and already would what get her killed is a hook. They go mm-hmm. back. It's not intimidating. Mm-hmm. They then read, and maybe you've got a paragraph with two and a half lines, then another hook, and you get down to the end. And how many authors at the end of their description do not ask the person to buy the book? Yeah, all call to all, action. Call to action. Yep. And I, I always use get it now. It's short. Yep. And so, so I do sort of have a formula. That being said, mm-hmm. I have recently changed my Henry Wood Detective Agency description and it went from originally before doing copywriting one in 30 mm-hmm. my first major rewrite down to one in 10 my most recent down to one in eight just through the description alone just through the description wow and, and how are you and, testing and, this now well the same way i always do just uh running ads and mm-hmm. okay, but no facebook ads or no oh, okay wow wow that is gold. So are you doing the, um, you know, yeah. since, since you seem very interested in the subject of the copywriting and I think your, your listeners may find it interesting. Do you mind if I read? Yeah, I'll go for it. Of course. It's, it is the, the thing that this is, it is a little different than my, uh, than what I just described. Okay. This is something that I've not done before this. I would call this a, a new, method of description and so my well, let's book, hear it my book has 468 customer reviews it has a wow. 4.1 average uh what i think is a really nice sort of art deco cover mm-hmm. i'm going to read what's above the fold above the read more line and then i'll stop and then i'll mm-hmm. uh talk about that and then we'll, we'll reread the whole thing so okay henry knew one thing dames were trouble would this client be the exception that's three lines First one has four words. Second word line has what well, has four, four words and, and an ellipses. And then dames for trouble. Three words. Would this client be the exception? Question mark. Six words. That's all that's above the fold. Okay. So now they click hmm. read more. And hmm. I'm going to read it from the top. Henry knew one thing. Dames were trouble. Would this client be the exception? She walked in, sat down, crossed her legs, and asked for a lunch. Boy, could she cross a leg. Before the woman had told him why she needed a detective, Henry wondered if she was playing him. It was something about her. The red lips and smoldering eyes were just a little too perfect. She knew how to get her way. And the dress? She wore a Dior dress that would make an hourglass self-conscious. Was it the Damsel in Distress Act? This was the second one he'd seen this week. Something wasn't adding up. 1955 was going to be an interesting year. You'll love this noir mystery with a twist because everyone loves a broken detective trying to do what's right. Get it now. <laughs> I never mentioned what's going on in the book. No, but you know, that was so excellent. I even laughed. Uh, that, well, you that, know, that's what I'm going for, but yeah. it's all, and people can you know, log online and uh, uh, do a search for Henry Wood detective agency. Don't click on my ad. Cause I have to pay for that. I mean, <laughs> okay, no, no, no. <laughs> go, go, go down to yeah. the one where, where I don't have to pay for you to click on it, but read it. It's, it's very short. The longest paragraph is uh, it's, it's got three lines, but the third line only has three words on it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I, yeah. It, I was it's reading good. in your book itself and you even, um, 
I don't know if you test, but you really uh, look at the length of the paragraphs and the meter and the flow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you could hear that. Hopefully yes, when I, yes, I read yes, it, yes. It, it absolutely, it got mm -hmm. people to the end. Mm -hmm. Yes. At no point did I mention anything about the book. If the book is about a gangster, yeah. uh, a suspected kidnapping, a journal that has been uh, that, that has been stolen. I, I mean, there's I didn't mention anything that goes on in the book. And this is where authors go wrong: is that hmm. they think they think they need to tell people what's going on in the book. You yeah, don't. yeah. Just just no. hint at what they might get with this hmm. games. The fifth word. Well, that already tells you that it's not a present day story because nobody uses yeah. the word game anymore. Right. Yeah. And so yeah, it's a good description and it converts very well. So Now, what a lot of nonfiction authors do is bolding that so that you can scan it more. You wouldn't do that with that genre, I, 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 would you? I, I, I don't do it with that genre. I honestly, I've tried to discern whether having the first line bold is better or not. And mm -hmm. because I'm a believer in data and yep. analytics and statistical significance, I've not been able to prove one way or the other. Hmm. It, may, Interesting. It, may, it may be the bold is better. It's just that the thing about, again, analysis is if the smaller the change you're trying to detect in the data, mm -hmm. the more yeah. data you need to see it. So yeah. it is possible that Henry would, or Henry knew one thing, if that was bold, Hmm. That it would convert one half of one percent better, hmm. but for me to see that, I might need two hundred thousand clicks yeah, yeah, of, yeah. of each type to notice the difference. So, yeah. Welcome to the middle of the podcast. You are listening to ZBooks.co Successful Authors Podcast. Remember to get all of your materials to start your authoring career especially for beginners at zbooks.co. Thank you for listening, my friends, and let's get back to that podcast. I, I, I always tell people, do what you think looks best. Right. I can't prove that one's yeah. significantly better. It was kind of touching on a point we mentioned earlier, how people's attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. And yeah. I read somewhere that they, it's gone down to seven seconds. So you have to make everything in internet scannable with bolding. But okay, that's not necessarily a book description. Uh, well, I, seven seconds seems like a lifetime to me. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I honestly believe, I, I can't imagine it's more than two seconds. Yeah. Because the, the thing is, once they get to their page to the page and they hit that read more their eyes go top to bottom and and they're, they're at their first decision point yep are they going to read the description and mm -hmm. i think a lot of them decide not to they decide you know what uh, i just i don't think this is for me and they move on mm -hmm. because it looks too heavy it's too thick with yeah. stuff now it's ironic yeah that they're shopping for 50 to 100,000 words where mm -hmm. they're just going to sit in a quiet space and read constantly for two hours. Yeah. But their brain hasn't turned into that mode yet. It's still on. I have to go, go, go. I got to get back to Facebook. Need to like something. There are, there are guinea pig pictures to like. I must click, must click. <laughs> so let's roll back a bit. I think we skipped also something important, the, the, the book cover and title and uh, uh, subtitle. Um, obviously important right how do you weight yeah. those i mean you, you oh, get that uh, right first right 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I haven't really done any specific research on title versus subtitle. I've you know, been through Nick Stevenson's course. He, he's, he knows a lot about it. There, there are many people that have studied that before mm-hmm. me, and I guess I've just never felt compelled to dig into it. But I do believe that there's values. So there's a yeah. lot of sources out there that will tell you you want to do SEO with the, mm-hmm. the subtitle and so forth. And I have no reason to doubt that their, yeah. their, their analysis is incorrect. I mean, again, I, I don't know how many people that study stuff on Amazon are actually mm-hmm. rigorous in their analysis. <laughs> a lot of people, I mean, I think most people don't understand the scientific method and yeah. just, and they do one thing and it works. The example that I hear all the time is seasoned authors will suggest to new authors, go look at the top hundred books yep. and do what they do. Well, right. that, that, that's horrible advice. I mean, that, hmm. that's, that's, that's almost a war crime. Because <laughs> yeah. You can look at the top hundred covers. That makes sense. The yeah, cover, you know that, that that absolutely makes sense. The top hundred covers, the you, you'll be able to tell which ones are the high quality ones. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. Okay, how the about this? Is, yeah. Descriptions. If you yeah. look at the top one hundred descriptions mm-hmm. and do what they're doing, mm-hmm. you're yeah. going to be creating a description that's wrong. If a person yeah. is making a million dollars a year, does that mean that they're doing it right, or does it mean they're leaving two million dollars on the table? That's because, really good point. Yeah. And, and this is what people don't understand. It's like, oh, I follow him. He must know what he's doing. He <laughs> makes a million dollars a year, yeah. but he doesn't know what he's doing. He's, he's a writer that sells a lot of books. Yeah. It still has a horrible description. Yeah. Yeah. And could be making two to three times what he's making. Yeah. What I, how about this? What I tell people is um, look at the top 20 books or maybe even top 40 in the Amazon sales page and think to yourself, what are you going to do different to stand out on that page? Well, yeah, I mean, that may be good advice. Again, I, I ask people that when you, everybody's willing to give opinions and advice. Yep. But <laughs> try to dig a little deeper. Ask, ask if they actually know how to do the math. Can they do yeah. the analysis? And some of them can, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But some people, they try something. They get sales and they assumed it worked, but that's not A-B testing. Yeah. Doing, doing half the test isn't enough. I find A-B testing really difficult with Amazon ads because they're so slow. So I try Facebook ads. However, yeah, I found I, out. I, yeah, go ahead. You can't do A-B testing with Amazon ads. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you, you can. On, I mean, I do A-B testing research, but I'm doing very specific things. I recently did a study on relevance of keywords and I ran two ads with four keywords each, hmm. only four. They were Patterson, E.L. James, Stephen King, and mm-hmm. I forget the fourth one. It was a fantasy writer. So they were four different genres, four, only four keywords. The, the one ad had like 200 and some thousand impressions and for, I, I, I did an A-B test. I had one book that I ran that, add on that was science fiction Mm -hmm. one that was a thriller so i wanted to look at the relevance 
how Amazon, how much they care about relevance. Obviously, right. Patterson was the most relevant to the thriller. Mm -hmm. My science fiction was somewhat relevant. So the science fiction author, oh, oh, I, I, I did uh, 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 Andy Weir, the, the Martian. Uh, Andy Weir, yeah. Weir, Weir, yeah. I've not heard it pronounced. I don't know how it's pronounced. But I, I did the Martian author. And so his, he was partially, partially relevant to the thriller. Because he was the thriller. And so he, Patterson got the most impressions. Uh, hmm. Andy got the second most, but dropped off quite a bit. E.L. Hmm. James, Fifty Shades of Grey, got, I mean, like seven, 17 impressions. And Stephen King got around 50 or 60 compared to like 140,000 impressions and, you know, 60,000 impressions. So, and then I did with my science fiction, Patterson and Weir came in very similar, though Weir had more because he was more science fiction. And Stephen King had some, but it was only a few thousand. And then the... E.L. James, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey writer, again, didn't have anything. So that was an example of an A-B test mm -hmm. where I, I, mean, I, I had reasonable data. I got a reasonable volume of stuff. I also bid $1.50 per <laughs> click, which is wow. nuts, which, which the point is I, I wasn't trying to sell books. Now, I, I did get some sales on those, but mm -hmm. I, I was paying 80, 90 cents a click I wasn't doing it because I thought I could make a profit. I was doing it to get statistically valid sample sizes so I could draw conclusions. And I was willing to, for all intents and purposes, you know, blow $250 on the experiment. <laughs> yeah. and, and, I, and I got, I mean, I got real data and it's, and it's, it's valid data that the, the, the relevance of the keywords you choose yeah. absolutely matters to how, Amazon yep. delivers, delivers the, the impressions. So you scratched on, upon probably the number one question most people have now. How do you scale Amazon ads? They're so slow moving and it won't use the budget, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it, you just have to keep testing. It's, mm -hmm. it's constantly running new ads with mm -hmm. new bids and moving them up and down because it's... <sighs> Again, this goes back to where I talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. People are so impatient. Yep. I, the, one woman, she, she, I, I tried, she, she goes, I think I tried 15 cents, 20 cents, and then I went to 60. Mm -hmm. From 20 to 60, that's a 40 cent gap. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you said don't touch the CPC. Let the ad run and don't touch the CPC. Don't, uh, absolutely that, not. But yeah. the, the point is, she, her first ad, she did at 15 cents. Then she did it 20 cents at her third ad. She bid 60. <laughs> I mean, that, that's just absolutely insane. Yeah. I mean, even yeah. going from 15 to 20 seems yeah. crazy to me. I would hmm. go 15 to 17 to 20 to 23 to 25 yeah. and so forth because hmm. it's people, it's hmm. scaling well, is hard. But when you find the sweet spot, yeah. then, then you can attack it and yeah. it may take you six months. Well, maybe it. it's a crossover from Facebook ads where there's this rule of thumb, you know, when your ad's going good, increase by 50%, increase the budget or the CPC or I, I don't know, I think it was the budget, increase the budget by 50% because Facebook yeah. will spend it, you know. Yeah, but Facebook is an entirely different beast. 
Oh yeah. There's, this is another issue I think people have is they, they assume that behind the scenes at Amazon that it's similar. Mm-hmm. And so they do things like they would do on Facebook. Yep, exactly. And 90% of the times, the stuff they're trying to bring over from Facebook to Amazon is absolutely destroying them on Amazon. It's not mm-hmm. the same thing. You, you can't, it's, you, it's not. Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> one, one, one of them is golf and the other is you know, deep sea fishing. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're, diff- they're different beasts. And so you have to take the time to learn it study it yeah and, but but i mean it's absolutely possible i mean i uh, i'm i spend 100 plus a day i've got a client that spends three to four hundred a day mm-hmm. scaling is absolutely possible so let's say you have a good ad running uh whatever you've done some a b tests or you just you just got a good ad running sure and you want to scale it so what i would suggest and i'm guessing um, you would you make another ad with a higher budget and a higher cpc or you make multiple ads of the same uh, with more more budget. Well, the, the, here's here's another. People get attached to a single ad. My best ever mm-hmm. ad, and I talk about it in the book, is mm-hmm. one with ad copy, more snark than a snarkopotamus in snark town on a <laughs> snarking spree for my satire underwood scotch and rye. Now that. At the time, I was only paying five cents a click because it was before anybody was doing Amazon ads. Yeah, I scaled it by simply running lots and lots of ads, and so mm-hmm. of course of the same was, ad or or what? Well, I mean, I changed it slightly. Okay. Instead of Snark Town, it was Snarkville. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it wasn't, but I just kept, and yeah. then I tried maybe a six cent bid or whatever. Mm-hmm. The the assumption people always. Yes, you'll run them, want to run more ads with mm-hmm. similar copy, see if that's great. Mm-hmm. But the, if you're not spending your whole budget, I mean, if you're bidding, you know, if your budget's $25 a day and you go to 40, but you're only spending $2, mm-hmm. that doesn't have impact. Um, yeah. Now, in my book, I talk about on the PD, PDI side, mm-hmm. those ads, the budget does matter because if you're, if you're at hundred dollars and you're spending fifty dollars a day, you'll never go over fifty. So bump it to two hundred, and you might get to a hundred. So, but again, most people aren't spending their daily budget unless they're bidding or their budget's a dollar, two dollars, and then yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, go to four dollars and you'll spend more. But it's it's a matter of if you've bid correctly. So here's mm-hmm. some criteria: if you bid correctly, so you found your sweet spot, mm-hmm. and you bid at that and the ad takes off and you get, say, 300,000 impressions over five days, mm-hmm. on day six, you may get 1,000 impressions. On day seven, 700. Mm-hmm. The ad has died. It's ah, not. Okay. And so, so, so kill it. So terminate mm-hmm. it and write mm-hmm. another ad and replace it. Now, does that mean that other ad is going to take off? No. Yep. In fact, uh, I mean, only about 30% of my ads are mm-hmm. good, but one of the ways I scale is – I don't hold on to an ad that got 300,000 impressions in the first week and then over the next four weeks gets 12,000 impressions mm-hmm. because I could have replaced it and maybe in that four-week period gotten another 300,000 impression ad. But you hear people say, oh, I've had ads running for nine months. Hmm. Are they 
running for nine months? Are they getting 20 to 100,000 impressions per day? Yeah, yeah. Or are they getting 500 impressions and for all intents and purposes have been dead for eight months, three weeks? Yeah, exactly. So it's um, really monitoring the impressions because the that... Impressions, absolutely. Yeah, dovetails perfectly into a question I have. Might have even put it in the group, uh, uh, audience exhaustion. So I'm thinking, I have a really small niche in my children books. And uh, no matter what I do, uh, I, I make multiple ads too. And they never run as good as the first one. Or maybe let's say the second one was the one that got you know, big and ran away. And, and well, when, when you say never, how many hundreds of ads have you run? Let's see. I, uh, no, let's not see because my computer might crash. Also, okay. yeah, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm in the hundreds range, but not much higher. Okay. Well, the, 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 here's another thing that most people don't realize is the first time you run an ad on a book. So let's say it's maybe you, you've got four books in a series and then you do a box set. Mm -hmm. The first time you run ads on the box set, it will do really well mm -hmm. more so than the next ad you run on a new mm -hmm. a new book being advertised always gets a little bit more love than yeah. really the second ad you just have to understand that and not mm -hmm. expect that oh okay i'm gonna get 1.3 million impressions on this next ad because i got it on the first ad that that won't happen but you might get 300,000 or 400,000 and be able to hit that every third or fourth ad that you run for the book Hmm. So it's, again, I, I, what's your niche? I don't know your, your niche. You oh, it's, uh, it's kids leadership. That's a pretty small niche. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea how big a market that is. I did have a conversation with a woman who her, her market is ukulele instruction. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> and that, that, that is, and she's, she's doing very well. And yeah. I, that's got to be a pretty small niche as well. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how big the ukulele market is relative to the child mm -hmm. leadership market, but I do think that mm -hmm. I, I haven't seen any examples of exhaustion in her tiny niche. It is possible. I wouldn't mm -hmm. rule it out, but very few niches, mm -hmm. I think, are small enough where you would have a problem with exhaustion. Yeah, that's a good um, uh, good point because we, we, we can make the, um, I don't know, the analogy or the system without knowing what niche the other person's using. We, we could say so many impressions over so much time uh, equals audience exhaustion or just kill the ad, I guess. Huh? <laughs> well, you're, you're only going to get five to seven good days out of your ad. So you're going to be okay. killing them all the time anyway. Yeah, right, right. Okay. If yeah. if you run an ad and and it's crushing it for two months, mm -hmm. what does that tell you? This uh, is a quiz. What? Sorry? I'm quizzing you now. We've been ah, talking yeah, yeah. So it, let's say you run an ad and it gets 30,000, 40,000 impressions a day for two solid months. Yeah. What does that tell you? What, what What's happened with that ad? Well, it's excellent. It's, it's getting impressions and I'm going to keep it going. You you have horribly overbid. Ah, the fact, the fact ah. that you die after five to seven days tells me you're probably paying twenty cents more a click than you should be. Interesting. Because That's, it ran for two months. That I failed. That's my, you <laughs> failed. 
That's my point about analysis. And that goes back to the comment I made earlier where because authors are impatient, they will they will jump from 20 cents to 40 cents or 60 cents and all of a sudden it works. And then they'll stay at 60 cents for a year when they could have been <laughs> probably getting the clicks at 22 cents. Hmm. And so it's, yeah. it's just, and, and I, I don't want to say it's lazy. Mm-hmm. It's likely a case of people don't like doing the analysis. They don't enjoy mm-hmm. the data. They would rather be writing. I absolutely get yeah. that. Yeah. But the realities are the people that have come to me and written and said, I got a, a message on December 30th of last year. A woman that had come to me at the beginning of the year was doing a thousand a month at the on December 30th, she crossed the two hundred thousand in revenue. Nice mark. And she, you know, she'd been on pace to do twelve thousand. So it but she did all the work. She she wanted to use my tool. She bought a PC just to use my tool. Nice. Yeah. She followed. I, I told her focus on one, one of your. She had a lot of books. I said pick one mm-hmm. series and do your work on that one first. Get your descriptions right. And she right. did the work and she worked hard at it for months and months and months. And then she finally it clicked and yeah, she's doing well. And so it, it does take work. It's part of the business. Yeah. Not everybody's cut out for it. I understand that. Well, I love it because, um, yeah, it's this a, a deep dive with the data, and you you got to do it. And I I got that from your book also. I must say I, I did not ever do forty or sixty percent bids, so I was always in the ballpark with the bids around twenty Good. cents and uh, and even lower. Uh, well, and it, and it's always changing. And I say this yeah. over and over, but what's working today because mm-hmm. the, the bids went up after I launched my book because so many people bought the book and they mm-hmm. they jumped into it, and so there's more competition. Yeah. As yep. people move on and some people have success and others don't, the ones that don't, yeah. Yeah. they drop out. And so the pressure on the bids comes down. So whatever's working today mm-hmm. is not the bid you'll be paying in October. <laughs> exactly. And you also, uh, that was excellent um, with that girl you just mentioned, to take a deep dive with one series. Uh, that's my yes. main problem too. Is just you know, scatterbrained all over the place, all of the books, same time without doing the data and getting the benchmark or the CLV. Just take a deep I, dive. I would, uh, yes, I would ask, ask everybody that has multiple series to pick one and focus on it. Yeah, that, that that will serve them well because, again, like I say in chapter five of the book, the yep. first six months is about learning, and so yep. you might as well learn with mm-hmm. one. It's a lot easier to learn and you'll do better for that series. Okay. Let's take a break from the deep dive and, and get some more, I don't know, uh, easier questions for you. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> my, my brain hurts already. I've got, oh, man, I've been doing everything wrong. I'm Damn it. <laughs> I know. That's how I am. That's how I, I've left a lot of podcasters you know, weeping in a puddle. Uh, <laughs> no, that's perfect because that's, that's what I like, actually. And uh, I noticed that in your book too. And I said, okay, this is it. Cause I like, I like the hard truth. I've, I've sure. maybe I'm a little tangent here. You know, I used to do art and I've been to a lot of art shows. I had my own art show so I can handle the criticism because I've learned more from it than, you know, the kiss sure. asses that didn't tell me anything. You you know? <laughs> yeah. So, okay. But a couple more lighthearted questions here. Um, so do you have a mentor or role model? Well, I have a 
writing partner. Honoré mm -hmm. Corner and I have written three books together, and mm -hmm. if I need to bounce something off of someone, then I call her. So that's hugely important. Mm -hmm. During, earlier, before, before I went full-time as a writer, before I cracked Amazon ads and really started to make money to where I could quit the day job, there, I had a, a little group of friends. There were three of us that would hang out on this Facebook chat. We hung out for about a year and a half where we just bounced ideas off of mm -hmm. one another. And so that's mastermind. a really good question. Yeah, a, a, a tiny little mastermind. Cool. And so that's, I feel that's been a huge part of my success is mm -hmm. having people with which I can brainstorm. And so yep. there's, there's lots of groups on Facebook, big mm -hmm. groups, mine has 5,700 people. The 20 books, the 50 K group is fantastic. I post in there as well. That's, that's a great resource for learning things, but one should also have two or three friends that mm -hmm. are willing to talk about the book business when you need to yep. think something through because it helps a lot. So I do think people should try to find that little club. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. I, I totally, I'm totally with you there. And uh, so what is your favorite book or your favorite author? But just yeah, anything as far as any anything. Topic. Who's your favorite author? What's your favorite book? Well, oh, those are two different, two different yes. questions. Yes. My favorite <laughs> book of all time, only because I've read it eight times is uh, Candide by Voltaire. It's farce. Ah, yeah. I, I, I love it. I, I was forced to read it maybe in junior high and it's a short book. I read it one sitting, laughed out loud and every couple of years or so I'll read it again. I maybe read it. Uh, maybe eight isn't even enough, maybe 10 or 12 <laughs> times. It's, it's yeah. just, it's a delight. My favorite author of all time without question is Elmore Leonard. Now uh -huh. he may not be known to all the authors listening, but his books have been turned into TV shows they might know. Justified is based on a, couple, a character that was in a couple of his books. Uh -huh. Get Shorty, that is yep. in two books with those characters. Yep. Um, the uh, Jackie Brown is hmm. based on a – well, it's, it's one of his books. They just changed the character names, but it's, it's actually an adaptation of one of his books. He wrote, I think, 44 books over his lifetime. He passed away last year, I believe. Hmm. And many consider him to be the greatest writer of American dialogue in hmm. the last hundred years. His books, the, the interaction between the characters has made me a better writer. I've read 17 of his. I just bought one uh, mm -hmm. Saturday, um, uh, Road Dogs, which will be my 18th Elmore Leonard novel. And what's amazing, what I learned from Elmore Leonard is that mm -hmm. when people are talking, most writers will write, and Becky said, what do you want for dinner? And Bob, <laughs> Bob replied, let's have that roast that you make that's so delicious. I'll get right on that. Okay, dear, I'll go mow the lawn. That's how the dialogue goes. They're listening to each other. Yep. Elmore Leonard, periodically, and he doesn't overdo it, but sometimes it'll be, well, what are we going to do next? We know that they're on our tail. We need to get out of this cabin, the wife says. And then the husband's like, oh, man, did I bring my golf clubs with me? And then, <laughs> she, and so they'll be talking, 
and neither one is listening to the other. And so they're having two separate conversations. Yep. And it only goes on for three, four, five, six lines, but it is absolutely the way humans talk. We get distracted. And so one character will be saying something completely unrelated and the other character didn't even notice, but then they come back and they get on, on their conversation. And it's a, it's a tiny thing. But when yeah, I read yeah, that, yeah. it blew my mind. And so his dialogue is so rich and it, it just it makes me want to write. So I, I love everything about Elmore Leonard. That was a Elmore Leonard. Elmore Leonard, he is a fantastic writer. His first book ever, Valdez is Coming, 1954, a Western, which I'm not a Western fan. Hmm. We've yep. all seen Western movies. The ending to his book is mind-blowing because we've so been conditioned to way Westerns end. Hmm. His is different, and it's not that long. Valdez is Coming will... I mean, I set it down and was just blown away. <laughs> cool. What's the name of the book? It's his first book? It's his first book. Valdez is Coming. Oh, that's a great tip. And Candide from Voltaire, that's, that's for free in gutenberg.org. So yeah, I know exactly. what I'm downloading. Yeah, yeah. That, it, yeah that's one. Again, it's, it's farcical. I don't know if, if you like farce. It is. It is it's, oh, we'll it find is, out. I'll find out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Elmore Leonard. Um, I heard of that one, but didn't have the name to it. So, um, yeah. cool. So, what is... Um, your number one tip for beginning authors. I, this is going to be somewhat ironic because I don't really do it, hmm. but I think early on making sure that you're building your list. I do a yep. horrible job with my list. I mean, my uh -huh. list, I get people signing up and I, I don't even tell them like the last two books I've published I didn't even tell my list. I just don't bother. I, <laughs> yeah. They never hear from me. It's been maybe two years since I've sent out a newsletter. I am the worst author possibly on the planet for how I manage my list. Hmm. But that being said, if you're just starting out, yeah. make sure you're capturing the email address. You're giving them away yeah. to find you. And then as you're learning these things that we talked about during the show, the copywriting yeah. Yeah. You'll write better copy, mm -hmm. you'll write hooks, you'll, you'll engage with your readers. Starting out, you know, you've only got maybe a couple dozen on your list. If you're writing good copywriting, they will open your emails. And when mm -hmm. the day comes that you've got several thousand people or 20,000 mm -hmm. people on your list, if yeah. you started today with the good copywriting and the paying attention to it and sending them stuff frequently enough, they don't forget who you are. Mm -hmm. when, when you get out to some reasonable numbers, that is going to be a powerful, powerful yeah. way to generate revenue. Now, while I don't do great with my list, I do an awesome job with my Facebook group. I was just going to say that. Yeah. I said, yeah, that's okay because you're really engaged. I've, I'm in yeah. many groups and you really engage more than most admins. And, yeah. it's and so, so that, that's where, I mean, it doesn't help my fiction because, yeah. I mean, it's all authors. They don't have time to read my fiction. But yeah. I know that when I do get mastering Amazon descriptions done, I will have a really good launch because mm -hmm. that group is engaged and, and they're waiting for the books. So yeah. I, I'm not a horrible list person. Well, I am. That's my tip. If you're starting out, yeah. I know build your, I, list. Build, build your list and yeah. learn how to do, do that 
it's it's worth yeah. it. It's absolutely okay. Worth it. Well, let me know when you launch your next book. And, I will. But I'm in well, your group. You're, so. you're, you're in the group. Everybody will know. Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll be singing it from the. the <laughs> okay, so what is your number one tip for intermediate or advanced authors? Then it has to be buckle down and learn analytics. Yeah. Because that that's most authors are leaving money on the table. Now that mm. being said, that there there's there's many paths to success. We mm -hmm. all know about 20 books to 50K. Michael Onderley, he lives four floors above me. We're in the same building. Hmm. Wow. He has succeeded because he's a really good writer and he produces enormous amounts of content. He's producing every single month a new novel. And wow. that, is a, that is a path. If you are on that path and you yeah. are devoting the amount of time it takes to crank out a novel a month, yeah. You're going to succeed because that's a methodology that absolutely works. I would mm -hmm. not, to that person, mm -hmm. suggest they take time away from what they're doing to learn mm -hmm. analytics. But mm -hmm. if they've got, if they're doing three hours a day of writing and they are now full time and they feel like they want to do something additional to their novel a month, mm -hmm. then then adding time into their schedule for analytics would be worthwhile. But mm -hmm. It just sort of depends on where the person is at who's intermediate. I don't know exactly what, you know, where, where that yeah. falls yeah. financially, but I think of an intermediate person as somebody who is maybe on the cusp of mm -hmm. going full-time, yeah. and the analytics will absolutely help them get the most out of the books that already exist and for future books mm -hmm. be able to greatly accelerate their growth. That's uh, excellent because I, I don't know if you know, there's this thing called intermediate syndrome. Have you heard of it? I don't, I know, I have not. What is it? Well, I, I think it's mostly along pilots or motorcycle riders and, and uh, you know, racers and stuff. Okay. Or, or I got it from uh, hang gliding and pilots. And, and there's a point where you get, you know, you're not a beginner anymore and you yeah. think you know what you're doing and you get overconfident. Yeah. And then, oh, oh, oh I, th I think that absolutely applies to being an author because yeah. I, I work a lot, but yeah. there was certainly a period around, oh, when I, back when I was writing The Magellan Apocalypse where mm -hmm. I wasn't really writing that much and I wasn't really doing much of anything else. I sort of, I was around book eight or so, mm -hmm. I kind of hit a point where the money was more than I needed to feed and clothe myself. And so I probably had a three or four month period where I just kind of did. Mm -hmm. I took it for granted. Yeah. And this goes back to the very first thing we talked about at the beginning of the show. Yeah. And that's how by jumping from across genres, yeah. maybe I help avoid that a little bit. And mm -hmm. I just started a new nonfiction project that's unrelated to, and when I say I just started, I mean yesterday, it's cool. unrelated to anything I've ever done. I'm co-authoring with somebody. It's not, it's not about the book business. It's, mm -hmm. It is a different passion in my life that I'll talk about. And so that, that will keep the juices flowing. So maybe, maybe the answer mm -hmm. is not analytics, but mm -hmm. diversification. Maybe that's, yeah. maybe analytics is, is sort of yeah. towards the yeah. end of being in an intermediate where mm -hmm. if you're in that malaise, you mm -hmm. need to diversify to keep it fresh. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned 20 books to 50K. That's a book and a Facebook group? It's a Facebook group. It's a philosophy. Oh, okay. Michael Andale is 
a writer who decided he wanted to try his hand at writing and publishing. Mm -hmm. And he did the math and he said, I knew that I needed 50,000 to make $50,000. Mm -hmm. I needed to sell this many books per day. Mm -hmm. If I had 20 books and they were each selling this per day, times 365 days, it equals $50,000. And so yeah. that was his goal. He said, now he, he does, he, he's a very, very successful author and he hit the 50,000 well before he got to 20 K, but it was that idea. And now he's written many more than 20 books. It was that idea yeah. of, I'm going to focus on just produce, produce, produce. And there, yeah. and Craig Martell is another guy who's been hugely successful. He's the one who runs the 20 books to 50 K conference. He's uh -huh. uh, that's here in Las Vegas. And mm -hmm. actually I moved to Las Vegas because I was speaking at the conference last November and I just didn't go home. I checked out the <laughs> cool. yeah. and, and I rented yeah. a place overlooking the strip and bought a nice. desk, bed, a computer and a chair. And was just and just stayed so awesome that is an excellent group for learning stuff mm -hmm. can anybody join absolutely anybody can oh, join nice. we we keep it respectful i say we it's not my group i'm not an admin i just like mm -hmm. answering questions in there and that's how the master yeah. amazon ads book yeah. got started was i was answering questions about amazon ads and eventually enough people bugged me to write a book that i did Mm -hmm. That's um, that's cool because uh, the twenty books of fifty k. That's kind of where I'm at right now. I I figured my book palette isn't big enough, and the easiest way for me to make more money is more books. And, yes. Uh, and uh, so I've, I like I said, I'm I've been throwing spaghetti at the wall a lot, but I've got two genres that are going, and so I'm going to totally concentrate on them and uh, do the math, work backwards yep. from the goal, and um. Okay, so I'm going to look that up. His name's Michael Andelay, or what do I look up yeah. in Facebook? Would you just go to 20 books to 20, the number 20 books mm -hmm. to T-O, 50, letter K. And okay, I'll check that out. There's 23,000 plus people in the group. It's, it's a, a, mm -hmm. a wealth of knowledge. Awesome, awesome. So you did a public speaking in Las Vegas. Are you combining that with your book? Are you getting subscribers through that? The well, I, again, I was speaking at the 20 books to 50k conference about Amazon ads, mm -hmm. and in fact, I just got an email. I'm speaking at the, the conference this year as well. I spoke at Brian, Brian Cohen's conference out in Chicago. Oh, yeah, the master of the synopsis. Yes, uh, back in um, Brian's a good friend. I spoke there in May, May 5th, I think it was. Mm -hmm. I, because of the Mastering Amazon ads book, I get. I get asked to speak at these things. I've spoken to quite a few uh, yeah. RWA, Re uh, Romance Writers of America, uh, local groups where mm -hmm. they will ask me if I will speak to their group and then 20 people will gather in a library and we'll do something like you and I are doing now through cool. Zoom yeah. or the webinar. And so yeah. I, I would love to do more speaking, mm -hmm. whether it's motivational or what have you. I've done competitive speaking through Toastmasters. Oh, cool, yeah. I very much enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, I was in the Toastmasters too. When I when I get time, I'm going back. But I highly recommend that. Yeah. Toastmasters is wonderful. Yeah, fellow Toastmaster, right on. <laughs> you probably noticed that I had an um earlier. That's one thing that they count. Yeah, and I, and I hear it each time I do. I think I only yeah. had one um through this entire mm -hmm. time we've been yeah. talking. We'll but we'll have to get the Wizard of Ums to uh, count you then. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. <laughs> cool. Right on. A little insider there for us fellow Toastmasters. Yes. So, um, all right. So, if you had to do it all over again, what would you do differently? Well, I would start with the list. And in fact, okay. that, I mean, that goes back to my first bit of advice. I yep. went for a couple of years thinking that the subscribers to my blog were my list. And that's not, that, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. if, if I had to do it all over again, I would spend the time to focus on my list. I would build out uh, emails so that I can do drip campaigns, really master that. that that's a powerful, powerful yeah. marketing tool. But yep. now I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of the Amazon ads guy. And so I spend most of my time working with authors on that. And, and I'm happy. So. Well, one, yeah. one of my favorite advice, I, I don't remember where I got it from, Derek Seavers, I think, and a Tim Ferriss podcast, of course, was Don't Be a Donkey, you know, Buridan's Donkey. I, I, I'm not familiar with I, the donkey, the donkey, it's an old Greek fable where he, he, he can have water or food, but he's standing right in between them and he doesn't know which one to do first. Oh. And he starves to death. And this oh, is what I've been doing. I've got the blog. Yeah. 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 Don't yeah. yeah. That's good advice. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I've been letting my blog kind of uh, go idle and I've been getting on the books, the 20 books to 50 K, no, the, the 20 sure. to 50 K, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah. So that's excellent advice from you. So um, yeah. The, the, and you make a good point. There's value in focus. So if yeah. a person is intimidated by doing a list and just doesn't want to do it, you know, I, I've done fine by not doing the list. I think they'll be better if they do a list, but if yeah. they want to just write, you know yeah. what? A person could just sit and if all they did was write for three hours a day, at three hours a day, you're going to get, most people will get at least 2,000 words. Some will get yeah. maybe yeah. 4,000. 2,000 words a day is 730,000 words. Yeah, nice. Yeah. 730 yep. divide. I mean, that's, 14, 14 novels yeah. at 50,000 a novel, 14 yeah. in a year on a three hour a day commitment. And if you only wrote for 365 days and you just kept doing and you finished novel mm -hmm. at around 50,000 words, you started the next day mm -hmm. and you didn't release them all a year from now, you would have a catalog of mm -hmm. 14 books and you could yeah. do a release every two weeks and you would crush it. <laughs> I think that underlines your whole philosophy or the whole, the whole thing. Do the math, <laughs> you know? Exactly yeah. Right. yeah, I love it. So, well, kind of said already, but what's next on the horizon for you? The, the next book? Well, oh, the, the, like I said, I started a project, a nonfiction project yesterday, and uh, I'll be writing. I'm, I'm going to try to write every day on that. And then the, I'm working on redesigning that the AMS tool that in Excel that I give away in the group and I've, I've got about what, 16, 11, 27, 30, I've got, I mean, 40 hours, almost 40 hours, 37 hours in the last three days of working on this tool. Wow. And I will go back to that and I'll probably give it another, it's, I, I'm, I'm really excited about it because <laughs> I talk about analytics and my original tool intimidates people to no end. They, they, they open mm -hmm. it up and they don't even bother. There's too many numbers on the page. And so mm -hmm. I'm doing this massive redesign and with each new report, I'm putting it up in the group and asking people, you know, does this make you want to weep? And, the, and they're saying it's fine. They like the report. It's not scary. And so this redesign is going to be two parts. 
The first part will be the light version, which would be for beginners. And then once people have used that, mm-hmm. yeah. then the more advanced reports will be in a, uh, a much more robust version that I haven't mm-hmm. decided how I'm going to get that people to people. But it's exciting because this, is, these have, this tool is what I use mm-hmm. to sell my own books. To, yeah, awesome. To, to help other authors. And so I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly excited about this. There's yeah. some, some new research I'm doing as far as methodology of analytics mm-hmm. that the, the, the current report, the AMS tool that I have, doesn't really address. So I'm going to build some of that in. So when I get done, I'm mm-hmm. going to be able to I'm going to be able to do my daily analysis. And I spend two to three hours a day looking at numbers. I'm going to be able to get twice as much done in that time as far as learning things. So that's great. Yeah. It's got me very fired up. And like I said, as soon as it's almost three o'clock here, we'll get done. Mm -hmm. I'll eat some lunch and then I'll probably work on it for 12 more hours. I know how um, I know how much time you can invest in an Excel and uh, I'm not the master, but you're really good at it, right? You're an Excel master. I, 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 I hate to use the term master, but honestly, this is what I did mm-hmm. uh, at a job I had for about three mm-hmm. years, and I was mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I, I did it so well. This is me bragging, but honestly, they, they asked me to create this high-level dashboard that mm-hmm. after two years would have one page per month for senior management, mm-hmm. and I took the data from all these sources. I put it in Excel. I had drill downs so you could get to more details, analytics, reports, graphing. And just for one of these tools that I built for senior management, at the end of two years, if you looked at every possible drill down of data and possible way you could look at the analytics, yeah. there's 141,000 possible pages of data. And they, <laughs> asked, they asked me for 24. When I got done, <laughs> the head of IT yeah. was so impressed, the, the senior vice president, that yeah. I got to meet with the head of the Excel division at the time, mm-hmm. Microsoft Excel, who happened to be just two blocks away in Chevy Chase, Maryland. I got to show them my cool. tool to the Excel guys. Hmm. They thought it was awesome. Like so, Alan Turing, huh? The next Turing. I, oh, no. He's one of my heroes. <laughs> I'm not really horrible, but uh, I, yeah, I, I absolutely love Excel. And yeah. my biggest issue, my weakness, <laughs> is, is design in a way that is more accessible to yep. 99% of the authors. That's what I'm trying to yep. do now. And that's why yep. I'm excited. Yeah. I, I saw the, the prototype and uh, it's looking good. Yep. Um, and I am, uh, I am, what do you call it? Befriending the statistics and you're, you're yeah, helping me you. learn. And uh, uh, that's great. So, Man, thanks so much for your time. Our deep dive has been going a little over. Uh, but but uh, where can we meet you? Where do you want people to go to meet you or a Facebook group, whatever? Well, yeah, the, the, the Facebook group is Mastering Amazon Ads and Author's Guide-Beta because it was originally my beta readers. The one requirement I have for the group, and this yeah. may seem crazy, is that you buy the book. And the I know, I saw that. Somebody just joined your group and said, yeah. oh, I'm going to buy the book. <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the issue is that the, because of the size of the group and managing it and because I do try to get to yeah. almost all the questions personally, yeah. I don't want to answer how do I set up an ad. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. There, there's enough basic stuff that the people yep. that have read the book will be beyond yeah. that. And so yeah. 
it's it's a prerequisite. Um, I mm -hmm. mean, also I like getting the seven bucks that I make from selling the book, but mostly. <laughs> It just it's it's a capacity issue because I want to be so yeah. hands on. Yeah, I, I can't answer the yeah. the beginner questions. Exactly. And, well, we, so we that, skipped that, those. That's where you find me, and I can send you a link to the course if people are interested. Mm. The okay. I'm, I'm actually planning a a sale. I don't know when. It, I mean, I was planning mm -hmm. on doing it actually three days ago, uh, but uh, the the course costs four hundred ninety five dollars, and mm -hmm. it's uh, ironically we spend a lot less time talking about Amazon ads than you would think for the Amazon ads course. But the mm. focus is three parts. It's understanding analytics. And that's yeah. the, the math that I do isn't advanced math, but if no mm -hmm. one has ever explained to you what a seven day moving average is and ah. why you would use a seven day moving average versus a 21 day moving average. Yeah. What, what do those things help you do? Then I talk about that. That's incredibly you, powerful. Um, you just touched on something I was thinking about, actually, with uh, watching the impressions. You can, you can do like the small moving average like the stock picker guys do. Oh, that, you, know? that's abs you absolutely do that. And we, we yeah. talk about that. There's a, uh, one of the lectures is about can you run ads on a first book in free series? The mm -hmm. answer is you absolutely can if mm -hmm. the series is long enough. Mm -hmm. The description is optimized. The back matter is optimized. We yeah. have, I, we talk a lot about descriptions and copywriting. We, the research I told you about for back matter. Yeah. You know, nobody has that research. I'm the only person in the world that's done that study. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's incredibly important because if you, if you're getting 40% reading through and you can get it to 60%, I mean, that's, that's doubling the number of people. Yeah. that are, are, are reading, I mean, a 50% increase in the number of people that are reading from 40% to 60%. And if two to three go at 90%, then that's a huge impact on your, on your yeah. total revenue. And so yeah. and yeah. if you raise your revenue, then the lifetime value that we talked about, then that means you can bid more. So yep. all exactly. the things we talked about in the course, but again, it's $495, it's not cheap, but I'm planning on running... I think a 30% off sale probably mm -hmm. in, I mean, I would have done it three days ago if I hadn't started redesigning this tool. Mm -hmm. So I'll probably wait till I'm finished with that. So maybe in the next week or two, if people are interested, yeah. then I would join my group and look out for when I post about the sale. Cause 30% yeah. is a fair discount after yeah. on, on a $500 course. Well, it sounds like a rich course. I know it will be. And uh, I'm, I'm going to put, you know, uh, uh, your book, and the link in the podcast and all that, Sounds so that good. and people know anyways to get the book first before they go to the Facebook group. You and go. you'll send me that link. And uh, wow, man, that that is thanks so much for the deep dive. And I look forward to talking to you again. Well, thank you, Eric. I enjoyed being on your show. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Okay, my friends, if you like that podcast. And remember to go to zbooks.co and go get all the materials to start your authoring career. We have a seven-day challenge every week, so there's no excuse to not finish your book. And remember, please go to iTunes and upload this podcast and Google Play. Okay, I look forward to seeing you at the top.